This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstiles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or, you know, try CBD products for the very first time, go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. This is more geared towards your athlete, like I always say, each and every week. But for your everyday blue-collar worker, if you have aches and pains, it works for you as well. There's no THC in it. It is... Don't worry, you will not get high, so it's all good. It's more ointments and roll-ons and rub-ons and stuff like that, so it's more for your muscles and those type of pains. And if you're into nerd culture and if you like to collect stuff, I know you can't go to a comic book store right now. You can't, well, maybe in some places you can because slowly but surely everything's opening up. But if you want to shop online, go to firstrow.ca. You could literally find anything you need or want from comic books to sports memorabilia to wrestling figures anything they have you anything you think of they pretty much have that is firstworld.ca and if you use promo code the podcast 20 you'll get 20 percent off everything you see there is in canadian funds so to all you american listeners it is a little bit cheaper once you do the conversion rate so that's already on top of the 20 percent. so go visit firstworld.ca and they update daily if i didn't say that before and if you want to support me directly please scroll down on your device it's embedded right there click on the link it takes you right to my merchandise store it is at tpublic.com i got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to onesies to mugs to travel cases anything you need or want pillows even it's there and obviously if you can't support during these hard times it's totally understandable understandable is that a word understandable mm-hmm. it is a word okay maybe i just never use it before. yeah is that a word understandable as long as you say it so that it's understandable I guess. Who knows? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> back, to, back to the sponsors. If you can't support me monetarily, please, the most easiest thing is to rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, especially Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest, you already heard off the top, is an actress, writer, and a stand-up comedian who's done sets for clubs such as The Laugh Factory, Camilla Cleese. How are you? That must have been an old bio, but Why? that's my fault. <laughs> what do you mean? What, you're none of those things anymore? Oh, no, I'm all, 
I am all those things. Okay. I just, um, yeah, I've, I've done stuff to other places now, too. But we, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would hope so. <laughs> it, would, it would take a while to list. Um, but I do frequent the Laugh Factory. Um, okay. I saw you had Adam Hunter on recently. We worked there a bunch together. Right. Love Adam. Very funny comic. Yeah, he's the best. And a really good human, which is not always a typical combination. Right. <laughs> Trust me, I've noticed. <laughs> but yeah, don't worry, we'll get into some more Adam Hunter out throughout the show, because you did one of his Zoom comedy shows, and I'm just wondering from, as a performer, how that went. But before we get into all that, let's start from the top. Born in England? I was. I, I was born and raised in the UK. I know that's hard to believe with this right. accent but um i was gonna say yeah i was there until i was about i guess like 12 or so and then i would go okay. back and forth it's like you're going to your dad's for the weekend and hmm. you know eight hour plane trip back my mom is american okay so um we moved back then she was supposed to get remarried. We moved to a cornfield oh, in wow. southern Illinois. Okay. I think they were just trying to confuse me more than anything, <laughs> from, what I, from what I gather. But, um, yeah, I, I guess because it was that age where you just want to fit in. Like, I learned the American accent. Sure. I was already, like, five foot ten and oh, wow. awkward and, yeah, like, <laughs> math club, played the cello. Then I had to wear a neck brace for a good portion of junior oh, high. I was killing it, let me tell you. So <laughs> just wanted one place where I could fit in. And then I think, like, <laughs> when I realized how much it irritated my dad that yeah. I sounded American, I, like, ran with it. Yeah, because I was going to ask, because, again, being Portuguese and raised here, I had a lot of friends that came from England, not from England, from Europe, and all that, and I would always ask, at first they would hate it, because obviously, where you're born and raised, you love, right? But then once you get to start to know the culture, and you integrate with everyone else, it's like, oh my god, no, I love to hear more, right? So when did it actually flick for you, when you're like, no, I'm American now? Um, it's funny, I still feel like, and I wonder for you too, so it's hard to say because like on the inside I still kind of feel British like I still oh, okay. maybe it's the more the sense of humor or it's just the world view like I think I grew up traveling a lot and um, I think that's not necessarily typical of Americans more so Canadians I would say but like yeah. in America it's like yeah we're the best country in the world but True. like half the people that say that don't have a passport um, yep and look, I love America, don't get me wrong, but like, there's some pretty great places out there and you kind of have to check out the competition before you can make that claim, I think. I like that. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really grateful to live here now. Like, I love London, but it, I wouldn't want to live there anymore, okay. for sure. Like, I don't know. I just, I prefer not being depressed. So, <laughs> oh, wow. I guess. No, it's such a great city, but the weather's terrible. It's so right. crowded now. It's oh, okay. like I thought. You know, LA and New York are expensive. There, mm. it's like I don't know how anyone lives. Um, it's changed a lot too since I was there growing up. I don't know. Okay. Has sort of a different feeling to it, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's just different. It doesn't have that sort of nostalgia or sentimental. Uh, draw that it used to sure but um 
but a lot more culture than LA. Not that that's like saying a lot. But. <laughs> true, that's true as well. <laughs> I definitely feel like I have a, a slightly different perspective from a lot of Americans. I, I don't know if that's necessarily because of the British thing, and I do feel like my sense of humor is typically a little bit more British, or um, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe it's in my head. <laughs> I well, think you would know best. My, actually, by my parents, but one in particular. What about performing in England? Have you performed any stand-up in England? I have. Um, I go back probably every other year, and okay. I'll do a tour and do some shows. And I find that, well, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Um, I think, you know, I don't normally... God, it honestly, like, I always feel uncomfortable bringing it up, but my dad is a comedian um so i'm guessing you knew that i i don't know uh, well at first i didn't but then when i started doing research i'm like what the hell okay now i now i understand right but at first i did not know i, I again i knew you through our mutual well, friend adam and i, I followed you through that. that even if it's not true I, i'll tell you <laughs> i'll tell you i um you know like so my dad is bernie mag um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of someone British that it would be very unlikely that I was related to. But oh, my God. Anyhow, no, it's his name is John Cleese, and right. he's a very old, hopefully he can hear me right now, uh, mm -hmm. British comedian. And over there, like in this country, I think within the comedy community, people really know him, but... Right. Like, over in the UK, he's, like, a national treasure. Like, it's oh. sort of other level. And um, so it's intimidating. Like, I, I don't know how much of it is the pressure I put on myself, but right. I definitely, I, I don't fly under the radar the same way that I do here. Um, because the last name alone is enough for people to, to pick up on it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I... I'll sort of try to fly under the radar, but then I feel like it's almost more obnoxious. So, like, this last year at Edinburgh, which, first of all, okay, at the Edinburgh Fringe is a different... I should preface by saying my dad's favorite pastime is, like, waging war with the British press on social oh media. Okay. <laughs> like, throwing gasoline on the fire on a daily basis, which would be fine, but, like, I got a phone call late at night his tour manager over there was looking mm -hmm. pretty sure to fill in for someone that had dropped out last minute but i'll take it i'm nobody i'm I, whatever sure. i was so to do it until i woke up because it was like 3 a.m when he called me oh. and i was like oh wow i'm doing edinburgh at like short notice don't have much time to put together a show and then mm -hmm. i find out it's a 250 seat theater wow. and um i don't know if you've been to the edinburgh fringe i would recommend it to anyone like it's an amazing experience just mm -hmm. like if you're a comic don't go the first year and like do your own show just go to showcases check it out because like you got to know what you're getting into like it's it's intense uh and i mean just to give you a sort of gauge like there's the, the last year i was there which was 2018 they had 2400 shows a day oh my god yeah 
And when I say shows, like, that's a strong word for some of these things. People are, like, every room in the city has turned into a venue. There's people Mm. doing shows in a van or a bathroom. (laughs) Oh, wow. uh, But I'm nobody. Like, I'm well aware. I don't even consider myself, like, a proper headliner. Like, Mm. I'm a strong feature. I go on the road for people here. But... I'm in a 250-seat theater. There are great headliners that can't sell 12 tickets, so I'm wow. like, well, what, what am I going to do? So I named the show Produced by John Cleese, which is kind mm. of a dick move. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I I knew there was going to be some backlash, <laughs> but it worked. Right. And like, that's the first time I've ever used any sort of nepotism or, okay. like, uh, you know, used his name for something like that. And I knew there would be some, but I was produced by him. Like, mm. it's not a lie, even if he didn't know about the show. True. <laughs> I'm like, surprise, <laughs> you're producing a show. <laughs> um, like, I stole one of his merch posters because oh I had God. 24 hours to throw it together. And I right. just, like, graffitied all over it and <laughs> cut it out, used it. And, you know, we sold tickets, but of course, like, some of the British press, in part because he attacks them daily on Twitter with sure. his 5.7 million Twitter followers. Um, <laughs> like, personally. Not just, like, as a group, even. Like, sure. it's gotten personal, which is just, like... I was like, could you just hold off? Like, just, just <laughs> while I'm there, could you take it easy, maybe? Right. Uh, but... You know, it's always a learning experience. It's fun. It's just, I feel like I definitely, there is a little more judgment, especially when they hear I sound American. Like, just for fun one night, I did mm-hmm. a set in a British accent, because they can still turn it on when I need to. Oh, nice. And um, it was interesting, the, the difference in reaction, I will say. Oh, wow, really? You know, they don't love Americans a lot of places. Oh, uh, so just say you're Canadian. It's, it's close enough accent. Well, I basically am. I mean, I'm half English, half American. How much closer sure. can you get? Actually, that doesn't make sense. You're right. <laughs> I feel like Canadians are kind of the best of both worlds. Like, right. from what I've experienced, I've always met lovely people, except one ex-boyfriend, but I'm not going to judge a whole country. Oh. Uh, if the shoe fits. And even if he wasn't nearly as bad as the American ex-boyfriends, so it's fine. There you go. It all works out. What about the fan base? Because I had a stand-up comedian, Tommy Campbell, on in the past. I don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with him. And uh, he used to do a lot of shows in England. And he says he loves the way the clubs work. Everything about the system there is so much better yeah. than the North American way. I'm assuming you think the same, right? I, I do. I think it's a better system. You know, they... Um for a number of reasons, like one, you don't have, uh, like they have intermissions. So rather than yes. cocktail waitresses, like stepping on punchlines and stuff. And look, I know they're trying not to, but some, some of the time the wait staff are trained great. And other times it feels like they're literally trying to ruin your set. Right. Um, which I know they're not, but like it, it's very distracting when they're loudly taking drink orders in the front of the room. If you're, there's 300 people there, everyone's mm. going to be looking at them, you know? Um, That's true. They also do something, which I've never understood why they haven't emulated this in, uh, in America, but they have the second best comedian rather than they be the feature. They have them be the host and then the headliner is the headliner Oh, because the host is the most important role in a lot of ways. Like Makes no sense. one wants to do it. It's not the fun job. You're taking the bullet, but right. like if you have a great host, 
you can run a great show. Like you, they know how to get the audience back. Whereas in the U.S., a lot of times they they have the least experienced comic host, which mm. like given the lineups in L.A. at least, you know, you're going to have strong enough comedians where it's probably fine. But it's so nice to, if you're not hosting, be able to walk up and know the audience is warm and there's not going to be any issues like that. That's such a gift. (laughs) And uh, it's not one that you always get here. (laughs) True. So in a perfect world, you'd rather perform in England clubs, but in the States. (laughs) Uh, the, yeah, I mean, the anonymity thing is a little bit tricky. Um, like, I don't know. I, I know part of it is pressure I put on myself. Like, I want to make my dad proud, but I know, I do think I get judged a little harsher when people know who he is. And not only that, like, they're kind of protective of him. So if I talk oh. about my dad and my act, and I right never in my life except the show in edinburgh do i bring up on stage like who he is i'll talk about my dad but like like he married someone that's like 35 years younger than him like that's a stand-up bit waiting to happen you can't expect me to ignore that but like (laughs) when i do jokes about it there it's like they're a little bit protective of him you know which seems unfair because he's made fun of me my entire life (laughs) and his material (laughs) um but, and not only that, the, the British press loved it. Um, oh God, the first year in Edinburgh, I went and, like, I, I did a joke. Um, he was, like, relatively newly married at that point, okay. and I had this bit where I used to say, um, you know, we have a new child in our family, my new stepmother, and, uh, which is a funny Of course, that's funny hilarious. Joke. Yes. Like, actually, she, we have a new middle child in the family, my sister's older. Uh, but they turned it into like Camilla Quee's brand stepmother's oh, child no. and basically failed to mention I was doing stand-up and made it sound like I was on a street corner yelling insults about my family, which right. is totally viable. It's just not what was happening that particular day. And right. I wish that I thought I was getting disowned. Like it was <laughs> not a fun situation. Um, wow. But fortunately now we just know that no matter what we say, like, my dad and I, they're going to try and stir the pot of course. and find stories that don't exist, you know. Um, it's a double-edged sword, you know. There's there's upsides. I can't complain. I wouldn't have it any other way, but um, but it's also, you know, it's it can be daunting. Well, of course. Like, like the saying goes, there's two sides to every story. Everyone always sees the glamorous and the glitz of everything, but there's always a downside to everything. Nothing's perfect in life, right? No. Well, I feel very fortunate that it's given, you know, she never did stand up, thank fucking God. Like, that's the one thing that I have that's kind of mine. And that's part of the reason I went into stand up is to try and, like, establish myself as a separate entity and get my own credibility. Um, It hasn't worked as well as I'd hoped, but I enjoy it at least. Uh, Because I've I've tried really hard not to go the nepotism Mm -hmm. route. Like, um, she's tried pretty hard not to let me to (laughs) (laughs) at last count actually his cat was beating me at nepotism okay like he brought the cat on a talk show with him for an hour and by the end of the hour the cat had more 
Twitter followers than I do. Wow. And there were like four Twitter accounts pretending to be the cat. <laughs> do you know how many are pretending to be me? Wow. Nobody. Oh. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Except one troll once and it got taken down quickly because they were trolling other people from my account, which that's not my jam. Well, now you know, once you do make it and it's all like you're on his level, then you know you made it on your own demerit and your own thing and you had no no one could say that it was handed to you, right? So it's better this way, the long route, if, if that's what you're I, looking at. I hope so. I mean, I'm getting to the age now where I'm like, hey, Dad. <laughs> no. I mean, it definitely... <laughs> I, I am glad. I think one thing that can sort of backfire for kids of celebrities is like if you break too early and you don't have the skill set or the oh. experience or the talent to back sure. it up, it can really backfire because you may not get another chance or whatever. Right. Uh, well, you'll get a couple probably, but so, um, whereas I feel like whatever would be handed to me now, whether it be as a writer or an actor mm -hmm. or a comic, like I could handle it there and I could okay. deliver and I could do something that would make myself and my dad proud. And like that. So I am grateful that it, you know, in that regard, but stand up, there's also no shortcuts. I mean, that's that the one true. thing, like you can't become an overnight success. Right. Even if you had the best writers in the world, write you an hour of material, you wouldn't be able to fake it. You know, it takes a long time and a lot of misery. And <laughs> I do love it, but it's like, it's it's not easy. And it's a lot of I could sacrifices, you know. No, of course. What about when you first started? Did you ever think of changing your last name or having like something different so people wouldn't recognize it? Um, I did for a second, but, you know, first of all, I'm proud of my last name. Like, I gotcha. love my dad we're very close. I got to learn from and work with them, which has been incredibly valuable. Um, but when I think about it, like a lot of the people that have done that historically, like I kind of think it's almost more pretentious if I'm honest, because mm. everyone finds out anyway, like, especially nowadays. Yeah. I mean, with social media, it would have right. been one thing 15 years ago. You're so right. With social media, like, um, people just it gets out and then it's like oh you thought you were so special that you had to change your last name like especially with someone like my dad where people either really know him or they're like huh um so you know i it did cross my mind but also just because cleese is a dumb last name but you know it was cheese i'm not even kidding they changed it shut up i swear so, like so what does it, so does your lineage go back to you guys were cheesemakers or something? Oh really? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I would have left it as cheese. I'd be proud. Well, I'm a cheese lover, so maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, so is my dad. I like cheese. I just um I don't eat a lot of cheese. I don't eat cheese that much. Um but yeah, so not as much as him. He's managed to put me off it because he loves really smelly cheeses and right. when we go on tour and on the tour bus he like refuses to put them in the fridge and oh it, no it's no his he puts the thermostat at 82 and it wow. it's like <laughs> it's miserable it's horrible 
See, I don't like the smelly cheeses. It kind of put me off of it, but it was actually his dad that changed it because he was an officer in the army, and you Mm -hmm. can imagine. I mean, officer cheese would not be like a fun. (laughs) I guess. Okay. Respect. Yeah. (laughs) So, what came first for you? Was it writing, acting, stand up? What was the thing that you stepped foot into entertainment with first? Um. Well, that's a good question. I mean, I I guess modeling when I was... Oh, okay. So I rode horses pro, like at a very top level, and I always thought that's what I was going to do um, until I tried to take my third gap year after high school. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I graduated at 16, so I'd have like a little leeway, but my dad was kind of like, no, you're going to go to college. Uh, and I was doing some modeling and never really like pursued it too much but when you're six foot and lanky as hell they, makes sense you know it back then that mattered like sure i did well during the like 90s heroin chic era <laughs> okay like if that ever came back it probably work maybe well i'm kind of old now but <laughs> but like these days you don't it doesn't actually you don't even have to look like your photos apparently so right. um it's a whole different ball game, but back then it was all about being, you know, looking like a drug addict. So, um, I did relatively well with that. Um, and then I was, gosh, I guess I was in at UCSB and doing some of that, still writing a little bit. And then, um, my dad had been asked to do one man show, touring in New Zealand and he asked if I would write it with him which we both thought meant that I would type and make coffee because you can't do those things (laughs) but I wound up sort of contributing more than either of us anticipated and we had fun writing it and I didn't want to go back to university so I wrote my way into the show great way to get cast I found um just a small part, but then I also wrote a part for a hot guy and my best friend, and like it kind of it wasn't a one man show anymore. But I guess that's when I kind of got the bug. Um, and I mean, I'd always liked acting, but when I was seventeen or eighteen, a casting director told me I was too tall to act ever, so um, that wasn't really a focus. And I still like I love comedic acting but i don't really identify as an actor i'm more like all things comedy is great but like i i can't really imagine myself doing like big dramatic crying scenes because i deflect with humor that's why i've never understood the desire like why why cry when you can laugh you know and what about growing up? Since you did grow up in entertainment business, when did you figure that you didn't live in a sort of normal family? Because growing up, you're in your bubble, right? Like, for example, myself, I had I had a sick mom, right? So until I was like maybe seven or eight, I had no idea that a mom wasn't sick. So I just figured everyone's mom was sick, unless you saw someone on TV or something, like, you know what I mean? So I just figured all my friends' moms were sick and everything until it clicked. So when was that click for you? A lot later than it should have been, I think, oh, to be honest. And I, I'm sorry to hear that. I I went through that with my mom a lot later in life. You know, she got the better part of about five or six years um, in my 20s. And it's I can't imagine being a kid and, and having that be your reality. Right. But um, 
I thought everyone's parents were on TV. <laughs> Makes sense. Because my mom, my mom was a big model, and she okay. did some news casting, and she was in some like movies. She was in Rollerball and like oh, wow. you know random stuff. And then sure. my stepbrothers, uh, their dad was a professional golfer, so he was on TV. Um, so I just assumed that like. <laughs> I didn't really know what acting was until I was much older. And not only that, like, I mean, my dad, he was, like, always, all my childhood photos, I just found some, like, he's in a dress or a priest costume or a policeman outfit. Like, there's very few photos where he's, like, hanging from a crane, (laughs) uh, dressed as a bat out of a tree, like, and... That that is your normal until you sure. start to realize when you're kind of much older. Like it's not like your parents are going to say, "Now look, <laughs> your childhood is fucking weird." <laughs> you know, it's just really? not going to happen. So um, it definitely was unique, to say the least. Now, in a perfect world, if you could only do one thing a hundred percent for the rest of your life, what would it be? Would it be stand up writing? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I love, what I love about stand-up is that you're really doing it all, you're writing and performing, and um, it's all your own stuff, and you have that total control over it, which I love, as long as it goes well, otherwise it's nice to have someone to blame. You sure. Know? But, uh, I, the, unfortunately, I think social media has had such a detrimental, not entirely detrimental, like, but in some ways a detrimental impact on stand up and just um, these days it's all about having numbers and being famous mm. and you can't really make money you can't make good money doing stand up until you're already famous like okay. i think it's probably almost impossible to to make it just doing stand up mm. like you have to either have built a big vine following or you know whatever yeah, the app week is or you have to have a tv show and it doesn't matter what like you could be on the beverly hills housewives and if you want to go do a stand-up tour mm-hmm. if you can sell tickets they'll book you to headline like that of course look at charlie sheen right yeah <laughs> i mean there there's plenty of names i'm i'm not gonna go there but you know it's like and it's frustrating because you really can't just do that anymore. You right. have to find a way to to um, to have a following and sell tickets and all that. And like, unfortunately, a lot of the female comics are going the route of like, oh, I'll post naked selfies, and then you get a big following, and then they're headlining before they're ready to, and that can backfire. Or like, sure. same thing with like people that got Vine famous, and suddenly they're headlining, right. and it's like. I can't imagine going from six seconds to 60 minutes. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, but I've always, like, I would rather undersell and over-deliver when it comes to me. So, right. you know, I, and I'm pretty hard on myself, but, like, I, I want to do things the right way. I'm hoping one day it'll pay off. We'll see. But um, in a perfect world, I would, you know, have a TV show or, or some something that gave me the following in, so that I could just do stand-up when I wanted to do stand-up. But 
No, makes sense. Uh, it's it's not. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to post naked selfies. So maybe maybe if I get desperate enough, I'll be <laughs> someone else's body. I'm I'll just Photoshop it or something. I don't know. Hey, isn't that what everyone's doing? Basically, I mean, it's some those. I feel bad for dudes in this. Like, you do not want to ever get divorced. No, because I'm scared. Those dating apps. I see guys using them now too, and like to a trained eye, it's hilarious because like the guys are much more new to this whole technology. Sure, and like yeah, when when your whole face is kind of blurry and like have this glow to it, right? Um. We know. <laughs> well, I love the ones where they have the, the waist so skinny and then they don't even do the hourglass figure. It's literally skinny and then big up top. And it's like, well, where's your ribs and your stomach? It just disappeared. Yeah, what happened to your organs? Are they staying okay? Like, it's amazing. Um, I mean, the technology is incredible, but I feel bad for kids growing up, like, especially young girls growing up and looking at all that because it was hard enough. It's crazy. I mean, it's still hard enough at my age, like, to not compare yourself, even though you know that they're using those apps, to not sit and think, like, oh, wow, you know. Um, but people take it to another level. I mean, it's it's also crazy. This, it is. Well, I feel like Canada's a little saner than here, at least, but... Well, maybe the rest of Canada. Toronto's really bad. They're very self-absorbed and very into the celebrity lifestyle as well. Like, there's a reason why they call us a mix of New York and L.A., right? Because you still have the, like, down-to-earth people, but then you have those, I guess, clout chasers, as they call it nowadays, and the thirst traps and all that shit, and who even knows? I don't even know if I'm using that right, but whatever. You know what I mean? So it's it's a little bit of both we see it here. So it's it's give and take. I guess you just go with the time. I mean, I think that's everywhere to some degree that the fascination with celebrity culture is just mind-boggling to me like the the whole and i think it has created much more self-absorption narcissism like people it's really strange to me like having grown up with um a dad who was especially back then he was way more famous i've seen the downsides of all of it Mm. and like not to say there aren't perks, don't get me wrong, but like, of course. it's, there's a lot of downsides. I mean, <laughs> the lack of privacy and the gossip and the, the just constant, especially now because everyone, like, when I was a kid, not everyone had a camera on them. Right. Now everyone does. Now everyone has a video camera and like, they, when we're on tour in like Australia or it's more so in Australia, the UK, like other English speaking countries, mm-hmm. Canada, he's, I think, better known even than the US. Um, but like, if we're walking through the airport, and someone says, Hey, can I take a selfie? Um, and he'll politely decline, in part, because he's like, I'm 80, I don't want to take pictures all the time, you know, of course. I, I get that, especially if we're like traveling every day and exhausted. Sure. But B, if he stops and takes one and someone else notices that uh, he's taking a picture, it right. snowballs and then of it's course. like, we're going to miss our flight. Yeah. And, but people treat them almost like zoo animals. And that's when I get, like, my dad laughs because it takes a lot to really piss me off. Like, to okay. really. But 
there's been a couple of instances like and I caught one guy in an elevator doing it. He didn't realize I was with my dad because it was a full elevator and he'd oh, been okay. drinking and we're standing on opposite sides. And uh, he asked if he could take a selfie with my dad and my dad politely was like, No, I'm sorry, I'm I don't do that and you know, I'm very old, kinda of made a joke out of it. Right. The second my dad wasn't paying attention, the guy turns around to do it Shut anyway. Up. And What's wrong I with people? He, he was getting off on the next floor, and I chased him out of the elevator, right. pried the phone out of his hands, and made him delete the photos in front of me. Because it's just a, it's like, it feels like they don't have any respect for his, you know, it's like, like I said, a zoo animal. And right. it's, it's frustrating, just the lack of respect. But then if he were to do that himself, it would become a newspaper story. Right? So, like, I have no problem doing it for him. It's a good outlet for my anger. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but you'd be amazed how often that kind of stuff, like, just the yeah. complete lack of respect and then the trolling and the, like, oh, I everyone, imagine. you know, the British press are some of the worst, if not the worst in the world, I think. Yeah, I've and, heard that a lot. Um. I mean, I think that's why Harry and Meghan, I don't know much about the situation, but I don't blame them for leaving. Like, right. I can't imagine dealing with the daily onslaught of, you know, that that lovely TV presenter just killed herself. Because, like, it, it, they're so ruthless in the stuff that they make up and the way that they try to drive wedges between families. It's like, mm. they don't ever consider that these are real humans that they're doing this to. Um, yeah, and look, nice. if you're a Kardashian and you made your money and your fame off of being famous, that's your problem. Of course. But like, that's not the route that my dad took, you know? Yeah, but now I have to play devil's advocate. What about those people who say, that's what you signed up for? Deal with it. You know what I mean? What, what do you have to say to those type of people? Well, it, it kind of isn't, though. I mean, even when I was just getting into the game, it was a totally different... I think MySpace was still around. Oh, wow. Like, okay. I mean, well, not when I started doing stand-up, I guess that was more recent. Right. But, like, I mean, my dad didn't sign up. Like, I have a similar attitude towards the, that he does. Like, we both, we love comedy and we love what we do, but it's mm -hmm. more about the creative integrity than, like, the money or the fame or, you know, we want to do good work. And, gotcha. Like, if that means that, you know, in his case, he became very famous in a very different era, though. Um, and sure, I'm sure there's part of part of him that still likes it. Like, I don't think, you know, he's been doing these cameos since the whole COVID thing because he can't. Um, like all his work for the year was canceled and mm. he's actually enjoyed it. Cause I think it's the first time he's been accessible to his fans in a way. Oh, but like, okay. um, like he, his social media presence, other than him being on Twitter, which was him and maybe a little bit of a disaster. Uh, but I got a great social media manager. So we've been getting everything going, but it's, okay. people are excited cause it's the first time that he's, sort of been in contact with his fans and he's really enjoying that. Um, and it can't be terrible to hear how great you are like all day long. Right. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I got called some beautiful names last night. Let me tell you. Oh, I, no. uh, 
I mean, people are, I, it never ceases to amaze me. Like, I don't know what, who these people are that right. sit around just being nasty to people for no good reason, but... Yeah, I don't get it either. One, one, I saw someone tweet the other day. They're like, before you tweet anything else that's negative, would you say this person to their face or would you even pick up a phone and tell them this? If the answer is both no, then don't tweet it. Yeah. Well, I can't even bring myself to thumbs down a video. <laughs> like, and look, there's plenty of videos I think are shit. Sure. But like, I'm like, look, they put it out there. They tried. Why would I, why would I want to like hurt somebody? And I mean, some of the comments that I get, like, and I think that's, I might get it a little harsher than some because of my dad. And right. I think, because um, even before I was doing stand up or doing anything in the public eye, I was getting trolled some. But, um, like, there was a, a guy wrote, like, an essay, like, three <laughs> paragraphs on why I'm ugly, like, analyzing, like, Wow. The shape of my forehead and like and I'm like I mean What's wrong it was with kind of funny to me because okay. I like I what's the point? Like why would you wanna hurt people like that? Know. You know? It's like it just I assume that they're not very happy individuals. That's um, what it comes down to most of the time. Unless they're like men, um, un mentally stable or something and there's an actual problem with them. Then I understand. Then you might get a pass. But it's usually right. just projecting what they're they're feeling or what they want to be like because they're jealous that you're doing what you're doing and they're not, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It, it is strange though. Like there's one guy who I think might be a little bit off but like has made a couple of videos talking about uh, how he wants me to get raped by somebody, oh and like, God. and I've reported it to YouTube. They never do anything. I mean, th that's right. the kind of thing that kind of starts to bother me because it's like it's not just a comment; like it's a full right. on like he's posting videos about this. Yeah, that's fucked. But I mean, like, I'm not going to waste too much energy on it because I think that's what they want. They want some yeah. reaction. I very, very rarely respond. If anything, if it's on Twitter, it's my favorite because if they write something really mean, I'll just retweet it Smart. with yeah. like a laughing, crying <laughs> face. That's, that's the best way I've found to deal with it because it takes the power back. If you're like, I'm laughing at this horrible thing you yeah. said and I'm sharing it with my following, which is much bigger than yours, generally speaking. Like, sure. not yours. But, yeah, you know, in general, yeah, you're right. Um, but like, your 27 followers, like, <clears throat> they almost always delete it. You know? Yeah. They get embarrassed because if they think that they're not actually bothering you. That's my it's so true because I see it all the time. It's not only you because when I go through my feeds, because usually I go through my feeds two or three times a day, unless it's like a long, boring day, I have nothing to do, right? So when I go through them, I'll see someone retweet something and then it says underneath, tweet unavailable. And I'm like, ah, oh, they deleted it, motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a great way, I think, to take the power back. But again, I feel so bad for the kids growing up in this. I like, it, I mean, I got bullied enough, like, just you know, in person, but to think what it would be like if these kids had ways to do it anonymously without, you know, people knowing it was them, like, that's just, it, my heart goes out to them. Well, what yeah. about the notion of, okay, like you said, when we were growing up, bullying was literally face-to-face. -face. You would get beaten up. Someone would tell you something right to your face, right? And we wouldn't go home with it. But we'd still have the scar of going back yeah. the next day or whatever. 
But my whole argument, again, I'm no parent and I don't know any better either, so I, I really haven't dealt with it in person per se, but why not just turn off the, the device or not let your kid go on? I know it's hard and in a perfect world you can't really do that because they'll find a way to interact somehow, but when you were to go to school, you couldn't turn it off. The bully would be on you 24-7 all the time. Now kids could go home and turn it off. Why don't they turn it off? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I don't understand as a non-parent. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. I think it's, you know, it's it's easy for us without kids. To that's what I'm at, saying. Yeah, and say, like, why wouldn't you just not allow that? I mean, I certainly can't imagine. I hear of, like, eight- and nine-year-olds having cell phones. Right? And I'm like, no. Like, I also think, by the way, I mean, just any of those devices, like, if you're constantly on them, of course you're going to wind up ADD. Like, because... Yeah when you constantly have this audiovisual stimulation and you're not able to just like entertain yourself and use your imagination, yeah, you're going to have issues. <laughs> like, right. it's, it's not a, not a healthy thing. And the video games these days, like I, I don't say that it's the video games that are like causing people to go shoot up schools or mm-hmm. whatever. But like, I think if a kid is mentally, predisposed to being unstable or has some mental illness and no friends and they're getting bullied and they're sitting at home playing hours of this super realistic looking um shoot 'em up like look if i went out and imitated a video game from when i was growing up i would be like throwing a turtle at somebody or like <laughs> sure. like hoarding bananas jumping you know? on it's someone's like, head not gonna do major damage sure uh, but that kind of stuff blows my mind too like I know 11 year old kids and I but again I can't criticize the parenting because I look I killed a succulent like See, but I do, I do criticize the parenting because me growing up, I love video games and I've had a lot of people in the video game industry and they're probably hissing at you right now because that's the one thing they always say that, why do they always go back to the mass shootings to video games? And it it is, I think it's the parenting because when I was growing up, my parents didn't let me sit in front of the TV 24 seven. Like I always hoped that my parents didn't do much for me growing up, but the one thing they always did was deprive me from my video games. They would force me to go outside and do stuff to the point where my mom would hide the plug and not let me play. Like, you know what I'm saying? She'd be like, no, you can only play on the weekends, whatever. So, I, and plus they taught me right from wrong because I grew up Catholic. I don't know if anyone's going to say boo or yay to that, but regardless, I had morals growing up. So, you know what I mean? I, I wasn't like one of those guys in his little basement, uh, like you said, with no friends and people harassing and bullying them. So, if you have good parenting and you teach your kid at a young age, starting from the bottom all the way up, like... Some parents think that, oh, I'll teach them after, I'll teach them after. Next thing you know, they're going off to college and you literally haven't even taught them how to tie your shoe. Like, you know what I mean? Time flies when you're a, when you're an adult. But kids are sponges when they're small. And again, coming yeah. from non-adult, non-parenting, people are going to start hissing too, but whatever. It That's- a lot more work to, to do it without screens. And I, I will say, like, so mm-hmm. my older sister is 13 years older than me and raised two incredible kids. Like, they're okay. both so like wise beyond their years they're killing it like in university well one of them just finished university and got you know he wanted to go into the restaurant business got got a internship at the top restaurant in the country like he's so smart and uh, um her daughter Liv, she's gosh a freshman in college now insanely talented artist but like 
they can hold a conversation. They're more articulate than I am. They're okay. better, <laughs> much classier. Sure. <laughs> I mean, just such like amazing humans. And I will say, like, I know it was a lot of extra work for her, but she did not ever let them sit. And you know, as they were when they were teenagers in high school, they were allowed to have phones and stuff. But like, sure. they were never allowed growing up to just sit with screens and iPads and phones. Right. Like, I don't think Evan watched TV until he was like, you know, nine or ten, and then it was like very sparingly video. You know, not no TV at all, but like maybe right. a movie or sure. whatever. But like, it was never just the the sort of default mechanism for entertaining them and i think it makes such a difference plus how do you cultivate an imagination and creativity when you're just constantly being fed stuff like i don't know i I, um i've read some stuff about it and my dad knows a lot about it but like they say i think one of the things about um becoming a creative adult is Mm -hmm. like some of the things that can contribute to it are like having a somewhat lonely childhood where you weren't entertained all the time. Um, that makes and sense. that may not necessarily be a good thing, but like, I mean, to this day, like you give me a pencil and a piece of paper and I can entertain myself for forever. I'm, I'm the know? same. I've, uh, if I'm bored, it's because I'm either not feeling good or I'm just feeling so lazy that I don't want to do anything. <laughs> right. It's usually cause I'm not feeling well enough to do something. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and and then also like moving around a lot um, mm. was a, another one which kind of makes sense because I think right. you just have to you see more different types of people and sure. different wakes of life and um, I definitely definitely have that and not to say it was always easy and stuff and not to say I'm the most creative person but like I never get when I hear people say they're bored because I'm happy like pretty much like. Not to say I was happy about coronavirus, but like, oh, no I'm like, oh, I guess I like hang out by myself. And like, I mean, I can be, I have an extroverted side, but like, I, I definitely have a very introverted one as well that I don't get to indulge as much as I'd like when sure. the world is how it is normally, I think, just because you're like, there was such a stigma attached to it for so long, you know? I know it's so true. I guess well, it was a stick again talking about bullying. If you had no friends or if you stayed home, you're you're dubbed a loser. Like you know, oh look at that person; he's always by themselves. Oh, you go to a movie by yourself; you don't have friends. Like you know what I mean? So that's why it was such yeah. a bad thing in the past, right? So yeah, popularity was everything in right? high school. And I look back, like I had a number of chances to sort of reinvent myself because sure. I moved around a lot, and I I sort of like I really wanted to be popular and have friends because I going into high school and I did, but I quit, you know, playing the cello and I quit doing art and I quit doing all of the things that weren't cool, quote unquote. And now they would be really cool if I'd kept up with them because I was good at a lot of those things, you know, instead I decided to go party with a bunch of people that I don't talk to anymore. (laughs) That's Um, clear. I know, right? And like (laughs) wasted, I mean, I went down a pretty dark path, like, just because of the crowd that I got involved in because I wanted to have friends. Like, how stupid is that, you know? But I think growing up, you know, I think it's changed a little bit. Like, I think introversion has been 
frowned upon the way that it used to be maybe but right. like they made you feel like such there was something wrong with you if you didn't want to be around people all the time and mm -hmm. like that's part of the reason i drank too because i like what you know i didn't know how to be around people right and, yeah i'm wow. sober now but it, it got <laughs> ugly for a while there <laughs> well speaking of ugly what about one of the craziest ugliest things to ever happen to you while you performed on stage has anything wild has anyone shot a glass at your head or have you slipped and fallen on stage anything like that well this might be more funny i was just thinking about this the other night because it didn't it probably i don't know i don't think it was a year ago maybe nine months six months ago okay i was really tired and i was doing a sort of showcase show I was going up towards the end. There wasn't a green room, so the comics were all sitting at a table in the back. Pretty full room. Um, and I was having a good set. I was real thirsty, so I got a big laugh, and I took that as an opportunity to unscrew my water bottle. Okay. And then I went to do my next joke into the water bottle. Sure. Like, I went to talk into the water bottle. Wow. And... Um, <laughs> It took me a second to really, I like, why is the mic not working? And like, I don't know if the audience caught on, but the really? comics at the back certainly did, and they were dying. So that caused me to completely lose my shit laughing, and what do I do? I bend over with the open water bottle. So sure now I've spilled water all over the place, and now I'm like really just... Yeah, so that was a, a fun moment. But you know when the laughter is contagious? Like, I don't even think the audience knew what they were laughing about. Sure. But, like, because everyone else was laughing, it just became funnier and funnier because I was making more and more of a mess. Um, I think, uh, gosh, I've had some bad bombs. I mean, I, I tend to, like, dark dark material and sure. like no one told me it was a christian town oh my god shut up and i think my third or fourth joke wasn't an abortion joke per se <laughs> but it was like a 15 minute set <laughs> and I, I i don't think i've ever done that long of a set to right. just and it started started to become funny to me like at a certain point because it was just like i was doing bits about farm animals like i think oh, the wow. most innocent things that i could possibly think of to try yeah. and win the back and it just wasn't um that that was pretty brutal and then off stage i don't know if you heard about this but uh after a set one night mm -hmm. We were hanging out on the patio of a comedy club, and someone walked up and opened fire. What? Um, yeah, that was. That's been a, a really gnarly thing. Wow, um, I could only imagine. Yeah, it's one of those like those places become like your your second home, right. you know, and feel so comfortable. So I had, that that was a struggle to get over and sort of move past that. That's crazy. Um, I'll never, never forget that. That was that was the worst night of comedy ever. Oh, I would <laughs> like, hope so. Yeah, Shit, can't get any lower than that. Wow. No. I mean, no. 
I can't say that because someone lost their life, but there have been times when I've been bombing on stage and I'm like, I wish someone would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, there's a dark comedy. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, that kind of thing kind of sticks in your brain forever. No, most definitely. <laughs> Shit. It's the one, the one tough thing doing stand up. You just, you're out late. Yeah. I'm not always in the best neighborhoods, especially as a girl. It is a little bit daunting. Mm. You know, um, unfortunately. But if you love it enough, <laughs> I guess some it. people love base jumping. And <laughs> right? <laughs> that's a lot more dangerous. <laughs> I mean, that seems batshit crazy to me. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm also afraid of heights, though. Which... I guess that's sort of ironic at six foot, but oh my god! <laughs> I but I I struggle with like standing on chairs. It's terrible. Well, um, I did fall off a cliff once, though, in my defense. So Jesus Christ! Well, shot at, f- fell off a cliff. No wonder you do comedy, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think there's part of us, like as comedians, though, you always are like should I do more therapy? Cause like, if right. I get too emotionally healthy, will um, I still be funny? You know, it's been a defense mechanism forever. See so. though, the people I really feel sorry for are the ones that are creative on some kind of substance and then they go off it and you're like, Oh, they're not good now. And it's like, do you want quality of life or do you want to produce good content? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, Oh, that sucks. It is crazy. I'm, eternally grateful that I started I was already sober when I started doing oh, okay. stand up because I think otherwise it would have been a mess Shit. <laughs> but I mean I was a mess but like I already had you know four or five years of sobriety before right. venturing because I can see I mean it, how could it not become an, a crutch you know liquid courage yeah. like there's some nights plenty of nights when I don't feel funny I don't like it I always want to do it, but like, you know, especially as a girl, I think we have more mood swings and, Mm. you know, we have hormone shit that you guys don't have to deal with, you assholes. Um, But like, sometimes I'm feeling a little tender or vulnerable and it's like, I really don't want to go out there and be funny, but like, you, you got to do it. And that's a big part of it is just learning how to work through all that. Like while my mom was sick, that in a weird way, the stand up saved me because Mm. it was like keeping me like I it was giving me something to focus on and it was therapeutic and cathartic in a way but it it also was like some nights I was in tears I'd go on stage do my set and be in tears again you know it's like you just learn to to turn it on when you have to I guess yeah, I guess that's what makes you guys professionals, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into the dumbass of the week, another thing, you did a, a comedy Zoom show with our again our mutual friend Adam Hunter. He always puts one on every Friday now. Again, those are fantastic shows. I've attended a few myself. Even the Dime Bar ones on Tuesday. I think that was the one you were actually you did that one time. Yeah. And okay, first off, what's the difference you noticed the most between a virtual audience and a live audience? I mean, everything. Like, it, it's a trip. That was my first time doing one. Even better. But, okay. Okay, so I'd sort of been like, do I really want to do this? Because, like, you, you know it's going to be rough. But 
the dimes not like the live dime show is not an easy show. So I would say that this is not like if we're comparing the dime to the dime zoom show, like right. where um, I think the comics, like I was just so happy to see everyone that I'm like oh, paying attention. And, sure. like, totally there. And I, I love all those people. It's a big dysfunctional family, you know, right. and I was excited to see Adam. I didn't, really know what to expect having not done one of those before so like i didn't have that much prepared and then i'm like wait do i try and do material like this is kind of awkward sure uh but my dad was in the other room and i didn't realize like because i i downloaded zoom on his computer okay and i didn't think to myself like oh when i log in it's gonna say john Cruz is locked that's right that didn't matter so much as the fact that I started talking and two seconds later he heard me talking and walked in from the other room and was like, what are you doing? Into the camera. So my dad Zoom bombed the show. And nice. then everyone was so excited to see him. I was right. like, you know what? I'm just going to let this play out. And there you so go. Time, and he, it was pretty funny because he was That's like cool. up in the, <laughs> right. know, in the screen and he's like, who are these people? They, they look like bad people. I don't think you should be talking to them. Right. But he had no idea what I was doing. Um, so that was kind of fun. And then I just told, I wound up just telling some of his, uh, he's the most technologically inept person on the planet. Okay. And it's like, you know, all of our parents, I think, to some degree. But like, yes. when they have 5.7 million Twitter followers, it's like kind of an issue. <laughs> Of course. Uh, You're under the microscope. He did do something kind of amazing. Uh, I asked the hotel to print a... Um, oh, no. To print a release I needed him to sign kind of quickly, like, for something. Okay. And I had him sent to his room, and I was like, Dad, if you could just sign it, take a picture of it, send it to me. Mm. So he sends me a picture of him holding the release and smiling okay like like i wish that the audience whoever's listening could like see this right. picture because i was like what the fuck would i want this for like i needed a picture like a scan of the release right so that I had not him holding it yes and he's like holding it like a souvenir like some fan wanted it like yes and i i I mean, I'm still laughing about it, but well, it's like, yeah. Or I let him do his own cameo. Like, I, I normally help him with cameos when I'm he sure. records them. And he sent two to people that were, like, 13 seconds of him heavy breathing into camera. Like, really close. Like this. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like, I think he was just trying to figure out how to, like, turn it on or turn it off or whatever. But it was... Um, Thank God I caught one of them, and then the other person that received one was kind enough to write back and be like, um, I think this might have been a mistake, question mark, and I was like, but never a dull moment. Oh my god! Every day I have the choice, let him try and do it by himself and then fix it after, or just be there and do it, you know. Oh right. my god! But yeah, those Zoom shows are awesome for that. Like you said, the little cameos that people make. Because I've attended a few of Adams in the past, and there's been UFC fighters on there. There's been actors. 
he's really I can't say enough good things about Adam. Like he's been so good to me and like helpful, you know, in any way that he could have been. Never looking for anything in return. Like he's just right. a good dude, and um, that's why he has so many friends and so many wakes of life. And like he's he really hustles and works hard and. You know, the amount that she juggles, and then now that he has this little, I think she's like two or something, and she's so gorgeous yes. and so funny and so chill. Like, she's always just, like, sitting on his lap while he's doing Zoom shows. Right. Um, it's great. But it's funny. I always kind of feel like I can relate. Like, I mean, not at this age, obviously. I'm a little more articulate than she is, not to brag. But, you know, I've got a few years on her. But, like, I, I know what it's like being that daughter you sure. know <clears throat> like i feel like when she when she's 13 i'll be able to counsel her on like the perils of having a dad who's a comedian <laughs> no kidding i could only imagine so would you do another zoom show again i'm assuming you had a good time oh for sure yeah it was a lot of fun i mean i i know now more what to expect and i'd be better prepared sure. like i've done the live stream show at the lab factory too oh, okay. which I don't, have you checked that out no i haven't those i haven't checked it's, out that's i don't know what's uh, more interesting to be honest is that okay. that they actually do from the lab factory oh so nice. like you're on stage um and there's like maybe three or four comics there but that's it mm -hmm. so you're basically trying to get validation from a room full of chairs <laughs> not ideal um, but like Craig Robinson's been going every day and he plays okay. the keyboard, uh, which go. would be great if I knew how to sing, which I don't, but I did, I did anyway. Um, <laughs> just goofing around, sure. like, you know, the, the laugh factory is great. Like Jamie's all about doing stuff for the community. And I think just wanting to provide laughter at a time like this is awesome. So, right. Yeah. No kidding. So that was fun, but it was funny cause I, I'd actually set my dad up so he could watch from home. Okay. Um, and I didn't know what it was going to be like, but I was towards the end and I was getting texts from him like every five minutes, run away, <laughs> run away, which is really funny when you think about how long it would take him to text run away. It's not like he can copy and paste that, but he must have <laughs> just been sitting there. Oh my God. It's a quote from one of his movies, if you don't, right. you don't know, but it was just too funny. Oh my um, goodness. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because people don't realize it is a difference, obviously, from performing live to being on a Zoom show. But I, like it, it, it scratches the itch, but it's not a permanent replacement in my eyes, obviously. Because, again, like yourself, I have been to L.A. and I've been to the Dime Show with Adam as well and seen it. And the atmosphere there, because it's such a small, nice club, everyone knows each other. And the comics are just going up there and it's boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? And then with the Zoom show, you sort of see that it's not as professional it's more laid back like you know there's a lag in between comics like and then obviously the people interrupting it comes out more than just being in an audience so it's yeah. like uh but again beggars can't be choosers and if you want to laugh and see comedians now it's, i guess that's the only way right it's a, well it's a, it's a different experience you know it's apples and oranges and i think like look we're at a time right now where we can't go to live comedy shows and so you might as well check it out like it's definitely funny it's just different it's a different experience exactly like, i mean the time i just had a flashback to because you know he'll put up like ufc fighters and stuff yes like, and there was one occasion this is a few years ago now okay. but 
<clears throat> the crowd wasn't great anyway. It often it's a tough room because the bar's right there. So like there's That's people true. in there that don't know there's a show. And they walk and in as people are performing, to, yes. Yeah. So Adam puts uh two UFC guys in a row. Oh shit. For ten minutes apiece, oh. right? Which doesn't sound like a long time. No, it's if a long time. You have comics that know what they're doing, but like they're like it was painful. <laughs> um but it was pretty fun because I went up after and I just walked up and I was like, Jesus Christ. And they say women aren't funny. Wow. <laughs> Good one. I was proud of that. <laughs> and then uh, I had to try and pick up the pieces. But but it's always fun for that reason. You ne- At the time, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Um, who's going to be there doing stand-up for the first time or, you know, for the million. Adam's so funny. And uh, it's awesome that he puts that effort in, you know. Like, That's the other thing. He doesn't need to do this, but every week he's promoting his ass off, getting people on the showcase, doing everything. It's like, wow, buddy, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, he's really passionate about it, and it shows. And, like, right. he's such a good joke writer. He, I swear, has new stuff every week. And I'm like, yep. it, it motivates me because I'm like, I don't even have a kid. <laughs> You know, that I know of. <laughs> well, I would hope you would know of. Shit. <laughs> yeah. How much I'm did you drink, man? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, ready for the dumbass? Yeah, let's do it. So, have you ever tried to get yourself out of a ticket being pulled over by the cops ever? Oh my God, so many times. <laughs> okay, you don't have to say what worked or what not. You don't have to reveal your secrets, but has it actually worked? Not really. Like, I'll always try to make them laugh. Yep. Okay. I feel like I should save the stories until after you say whatever this is, just in case it's the exact same thing. Because I... I doubt it. Okay. What about impersonating someone to get out of something? Well, I did do this once. Um, I ran a red light. Okay. I didn't like per se run I just you know yellow accelerate we've all done saw it. it as me running red light yes and so when he pulled me over he's like do you know why I pulled you over and I was like I have no, no idea and he's like you ran a red light and I was like oh I'm so sorry I'm red green colorblind which I thought was kind of genius oh my right? god and then he he was like uh I can't believe I did this. He's like, actually, that tends to only be a male trait, which I had no idea. Right. Um, And I was like, but I am a man. Oh, my God. And she didn't even crack a smile. And I was like, but like. That's bad. What if I identify as a man? It it was, this is years ago. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, I did learn one thing about Harvey, though. More recently, I got pulled over, and the guy's like, do you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, because my tags are expired. And he was like, because your, ta- your tags are expired? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, that's why they had to ask that question, apparently. So the moral of the story is don't answer that question. Just say, I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> well, okay, this week's dumbass comes from New Mexico, and a woman decided to steal a car. 
And when she got caught, you know what her excuse was to try and get out of it? What? But, but Mr. Officer, don't you recognize me? I'm Beyonce. <laughs> Can you believe you, it? Did she look anything like Beyonce? Oh, let me see if you could see this. Right. <laughs> no. I mean, honestly, that I, I kind of my hat goes off to her, but something tells me she might have been under the influence of something. No, she was under the influence, and obviously she got charged. And no, they didn't believe her. And I just can't believe like how some people would think of something to say. Like, like you think you're actually going to get away with that? And even if you are Beyonce, you stole a car. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty epic. But it also like wouldn't you go for someone a little bit less famous that like you don't see their face everywhere? So maybe like good one. Um, you know, like someone that that what was the name of the when Beyonce was still in the group? What was the group? Destiny's oh, Child. Yes, yes, yes. Like, what about pretending to be one of the other girls? Because no one's seen them in a long time. Like that that's seems true. more viable, you know. But like when. <laughs> When you're pretending that you're someone with, like, their face is everywhere. Like. And to put this all into perspective, this woman looks like Little Wayne with no face tattoos. Oh, were there no face tattoos? No, she didn't have face tattoos. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, A plus for creativity. I don't think it's going to get you off. But then again, you're talking to a girl who pretended she, like, tried to pretend she was a man and it didn't even get the guy to smile. Wow. They don't always have a sense of humor, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Camilla, thank you for coming on this week. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been fun chatting to you. Awesome. Now's your time. Plug your shit where people can find you. Anything up? Well, I always say anything up and coming, uh, but I guess with COVID, who knows? But Yeah, I mean, all of my dates are sort of up in the air right now, but I'm pretty easy to find because I'm the only Camilla Cleese. So all mm-hmm. of my social media is at Camilla Cleese or Camilla Cleese on Facebook. Yeah, just that. C-A-M-I-L-L-A. Cleese, like cheese, but with an L. C-L-E-E-S-E. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll be on some more Zoom shows. Hopefully Adam will have me back, even though my dad tried to steal my thunder. I mean, what a jerk. <laughs> no kidding. Lock the door next time. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I'm like, come in, do my set, please. <laughs> oh. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast DAP at gmail.com. Rewind to the top of the show, support the sponsors because if it helps them out, helps me out. Rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. And that's it, that's all. So all good? Yeah. Perfect. Or was that not towards me? Of course it was. Th- no, who am I oh. talking? I'm looking right at you. <laughs> well, I mean, you just read some stuff. I don't uh, well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And everybody, five star on all the platforms that he just named because I can never remember more I than know. one or two. There's so many. Because um, this guy's a lovely host and he thank deserves you. it. 
and buy stuff from his sponsors too. Beautiful. On that note, she's Camilla. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.